Hey everybody, Tim here with two quick announcements. First, this week's episode was a live recording as part of the Trivia and Game Summit. We were so excited to be part of this, and thanks to everyone who tuned in live. We had so much fun and hope to be invited back next year, so let us know what you think. Second, we are launching the first ever Pub Trivia Experience Hot Seat Tournament. This tournament is open to all listeners who want to compete in our new head-to-head rapid-fire tournament to crown our first ever Pub Trivia Experience champion. Details are forthcoming, but you can head to the link in the show notes or check out the pin post in The Lounge, fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology, our Facebook group, to sign up. Head there today and we will see you on the hot seat. everybody we are back at the eight o'clock hour we have pub trivia experience coming up we've got a full hour of trivia they're going to run through three rounds they'll tell you a little bit about it once i bring them up and i'm going to bring them up right now i have jeff tim mike and chris all here from the pub trivia experience welcome to the trivia and game summit oh we are excited for this i've been looking forward to this for a week now this is gonna be fun oh yeah Absolutely. yeah it's gonna be a blast Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing this. I already know what's coming up, so I got a little bit of a sneak peek. I'm excited. If you're excited, I'll get out of your way and let you do your thing. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Pub Trivia Experience. My name is Chris, and I'm going to be your host. And as we walk through a hot seat head-to-head episode of the Pub Trivia Experience, before we get into the game, let's go ahead and let's meet our, our contestants, actually. First, starting off in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Tim, my friend, how you doing? What you drinking? Chris, I am doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I am doing really well. I am very excited to be here. I am amped. <laughs> I am too. And to celebrate, I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Starship IPA. Nice. Uh, I love the Voodoo Ranger uh, IPAs. They're a solid brand. Voodoo Ranger is solid. It is solid. Uh, Tim, I'm going to... And now that they have a brewery out in Nashville, in Nashville, North Carolina, they're semi-local. Hey, there you go. I actually went about as far away from uh, Clearwater, Florida as I could. I went all the way out to Colorado. I grabbed the bottle of Old Elk Whiskey from Colorado. And this is a special bottle because this is going to be a bottle kill. The background's blurring it. But this is going to be a bottle kill tonight. <laughs> this bottle is going to be empty by the time this recording ends. Old Elk Distillery. is and This is a weeded whiskey from Colorado, like I said. And uh, I picked this bottle up on a whim. It is now completely empty. My glass is completely full. And because I am a classy, you know what? I am drinking this out of a $1.50 south of the border glass. <laughs> yeah, south of the border. You got to love gotta south love of the border. It. I filled my trunk with Pedro. No, I'm not even going to say. I can't even say that here. All right. <laughs> Let's head on out. The Prince of Palm Harbor, Florida. Jeff, my friend, in his Devil Rays hat. How you doing? What are you drinking? Well, I've been called a lot, but never Prince of Palm Harbor. I'll take that. Uh, I am drinking tonight, uh, also not a beer. I've went into my bourbon collection and pulled out uh, one of the Ezra Brooks Distillers collection, a uh, local pick from our favorite little uh, shop here, Sunshine Liquors. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, sip on the bourbon with you tonight. I love that pick. I have that pick. No, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. It's a great yes. pick, though. <laughs> 
Uh, last but never least, from Huntsville, Alabama, Rocket City, USA, Mike, my friend, how are you and what's in your glass? I thought you were going to say last and always least, which is completely fine with me. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, just before this, I was running around with my daughters singing Let It Go, but I was singing it James Hetfield style. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't work that well, but I've heard that song so many times at this point, I've got to keep it entertaining somehow. I, I need, uh, Before we go on, I need, a, I need that. I need to hear what that sounds like. Oh, no, I see. I was actually going to spare everybody the rendition, but uh, it's basically along the lines of Let It Go, Let It Go. Yeah, he's not holding back anymore, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to jump right in. That's right. Well, wait, wait, wait. I got a beer to talk about, too. Oh, my Lord, you're so needy. I know. I know. No, I pulled out a uh, special Huntsville beer. This is from the Straight to Ale Brewing Company uh, here on right here in Huntsville. And on the Pub Trip Experience, I'm kind of known for my dessert beers. And this is very much that it is a it's called the Black Sheep. It is the pastry stout brewed with vanilla and maple syrup. Ooh, wow. And it is also 10.9% alcohol by volume. <laughs> oh, wow. Mike comes to play. Mike comes to play. <laughs> well, we're all here to play. And here's how tonight's game is going to work. We're going to start with our pregame. The pregame is a chance for each contestant to put some points on the board by answering 50-50 questions. After the pregame, we're going to move into our hot seat round. This is 30 straight minutes of trivia questions and answers. For each correct answer, the contestant's going to get a point. Tim is going to be our scorekeeper. After the hot seat round is over and each contestant has been given the same number of questions, our contestants will then get to wager the points that they have in our final round. We'll go over the final round rules in the uh, when we get to it, but for now, the easiest way to think about this game is whoever has the most points at the end of the game is going to win. Gentlemen, are we ready for our pregame? Let's do it. All I right. hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. So pregame is going to be nine questions. You're each going to get three. We're going to start with Tim. Did you know that according to the Beer Institute, the average American of drinking age consumes roughly 28 gallons of beer a year? That's almost a six-pack a week. Yep, Mike brings that average up. Using 2020 data, are the following beer brands in the top 10 for best-selling beer brands in the U.S.? I will tell you, I have removed hard seltzers from this list, so there is not going to be any hard seltzer on here. Um, and for the purpose of this list, uh, you will not hear Budweiser or Bud Light, but they are two distinctly different brands. So keep that in mind when you're answering your question. Tim, we're starting okay. with you. Okay, so the, the, the separate ones are separate brands. Yes. Budweiser, okay. Bud Light, Bud Ice, all separate brands. Okay. Also, beers Mike might be drinking on Boozy Bracketology soon. Oh, here Gotta we go. Me. Tim, we're starting off with you. Your beer is Bush Light. Mm, my grandma's favorite beer. Um, <laughs> she, used, she used to drink a 12-pack a year poured over ice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just when you thought it couldn't get worse. Let's my bourbon go with... I'm going to say no on Bush. Bush Light. So Bush Light in the U.S. sells roughly 7.3 million barrels a year. That's good for number eight on the list. Unfortunately, oh. no points for Tim. We're going over to Jeff. Jeff, your beer is Keystone Light. Ooh, Keystone Light. I don't think the Keystone is probably sold more than Bush, and that was coming in at eight. So unless it's a nine, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Uh, Keystone sells 
or sells roughly 3.1 million barrels. That puts it at number 11 on the list. So Jeff gets the point. Mike, we're over to you. We're going with one of your favorites. Good old PBR, Paps Blue Ribbon. Ah, ooh, let's see. I don't know. I mean, it's come on a little bit recently, but is it pop? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. Paps Blue Ribbon. Mike gets the point. Two million barrels a year of number sixteen on the list. Tim, we're back to you. Your beer is Stella Artois. Definitely not. I mean, it it's it's popular, but there's no way it's as popular as some of these other brands. Um, it's actually more popular than Paps Blue Ribbon. Two point four million barrels, but it's good enough for fourteenth. Tim gets the point. All right, Jeff, you get a Heineken. Touch my Heine. Oh, Heineken. <laughs> Could have done without that, Chris. I <laughs> know uh, Heineken's definitely more popular than Stella, but I don't know that it's. Oh, man, that's a tough one, unless it is coming in pretty low. Uh, no, I'm going to say yes. No, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <That's>, no. <laughs> yes yeah. is my final answer. That's not confusing at all. All right, Jeff. Yes is a correct answer. It came in at number 10, 3.7 million barrels. Mike, we're over to you. Was that a point for Jeff? That is a point for Jeff. Mike, we're over to you, and you're going to get my favorite beer to make you drink some Natty Light, Natural Light. Oh, man. Let's see. How many college students are there in the United States of America? <laughs> um, it certainly seems like Natty Light would sell more than Bush Light, which is the current highest one that we've heard so far. So I'm going to say yes. Uh, Natty Light does not sell more than Bush Light. But it is on the list. 6.5 million barrels oh. puts it at number nine. Yep. Last round, Tim, we're going over to you. You'll get Corona Extra, or as everyone else calls it, Corona. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to say yes on that one. It seems like uh, it's popular and Vin Diesel drinks enough of it for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Vin Diesel was a Corona fan, but his logic works. Corona. You can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. Holy crap. You're going back to the Fast and the Furious movie where they actually used a map. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> corona is. It checks in at number seven, roughly eight million barrels a year. All right, Jeff, your last one. Modelo Especial. Oh, Modelo. That's a tough one because I don't know if that is frequently bought many places or if it's more locally... Uh, Used around here. Ah, Modelo. It's a big name, but is it big enough? Heineken was on there. So I'm going to go... You know... Yeah, I'm going to go yes. Modelo is. It actually outsold Corona. Wow. 10.4 million barrels that year. Mike, we're ending with you. We're going to my daily drinker, if I had a daily drinker. But it would be Yingling. Ooh. Huh. Yingling is Yingling is pretty popular, but I feel like well, this is 2020 data. You might be able to get it everywhere now, but there was a long time you couldn't get it everywhere. Uh, I am going to say, let's see, can I game through this one? How many yeses and noes have there been? <laughs> um, I guess it's probably an even number four and four, right? So I'm going to say no. 
Your logic is correct. Yingling, I don't think still, I don't think it's available nationwide. It is not. Okay. It was number 19 with 1.9 million barrels. Tim, give me a score update. All right. So heading into our main game, Mike and Jeff are tied at three with Tim just one point behind at two. And for the record, Yingling should be selling higher than all of those other beers. Mm-hmm. You've had more Nightlife than you have Yingling in the last year. I guarantee that. <laughs> we are moving on to our regular game. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be 30 minutes of nonstop trivia questions and answers. We're going to start with Tim, go to Jeff, go to Mike, and the questions are randomized. You can get anything easy or hard. Your time will begin after I read your first question, Tim. Here we go. Enabling it to go for weeks without food, a camel's hump is primarily used to store what? Uh, I believe that is water. Uh, incorrect. The primary use of it is to store fat. Uh, fat. All right, Jeff, we're over to you. The Chinook salmon is the official state fish of what two U.S. states? So I have to name both of them? You have to name both states. One would be too easy. Okay, that is, seems fair. Um, right, Chinook salmon. Um, wow. Uh, I'm gonna go Washington and Oregon. Oh, uh, you got one of two. It's Oregon Alaska. and Alaska. Mm. Mike, over to you. What author of The Handmaid's Tale has argued that her novels are speculative fiction and not science fiction? Uh, Margaret Atwood. Margaret Atwood is a correct answer. Mike gets the point back to Tim. In the film Back to the Future, Marty McFly performs what song at his parents' Enchantment Under the Sea high school dance? Oh, man. It has been so long since I have seen Back to the Future. <laughs> um, That's a you problem, sir. That's a great movie. <laughs> I mean, fair. Um. For some reason, all I can do is go to uh, old-time rock and roll, but I don't think that's right. Unfortunately not. There lived a country boy named a Johnny B. Good. No points for Tim. Next up is Jeff. Jeff, in the agency abbreviation EEOC, the first E stands for equal. What does the second E stand for? Uh, equal? EEOC. Um... I believe that's employment. Employment is a correct answer. We are going on to Mike. Mike, in what year did thousands of baby boomers converge on San Francisco for the so-called summer of love? Uh, summer of love, I believe, was 1967. 1967 is a correct answer for our listeners out there. Feel free to mock us in the chat. That'd be great, especially when we get one wrong. <laughs> yeah, like, for sure. Not knowing Johnny be good. Moving right along. Mm. Back, Tim, we're back <laughs> to you. Made with Kevlar, the Of Glove, O-V-E, is a product intended to be used in what room of the house? Uh, I would assume it's the kitchen. It is. It is the kitchen. Nicely done. Thankfully not the bedroom. And I had to name <laughs> two, two salmon states. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff, we're back to you. In Mexico, a tortilla is a thin corn or flour flatbread. But in Spain, what is the primary ingredient of a tortilla? Oh, he looks confused. So, corn or flour? In Mexico. But what is the primary in ingredient in Spain? 
Uh, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff's thinking this game's rigged. Yeah, I got uh, um, uh, tortilla in Spain. Why would they have different tortillas in Spain? I'm sorry, Spain. What, what's going on over there? Uh, I don't even know. Maize? Is that different somehow? <laughs> uh, I don't Um, Tortillas in Spain. They do a lot of seafood over there. Is seafood the main ingredient of a tortilla in Spain? Um, no. Oh, you know what? There's one other thing it could be. What if it's rice? Rice tortillas? It seems more like a Japanese thing. But I, don't, I literally don't know what else it could be, so I'm going to go rice. Uh, no, unfortunately not. It's actually potatoes. What? All right, yeah. Mike, we're on to you. A person who is born on March 15th celebrates his half birthday on what date? Uh, September 15th? That is a correct answer. Over to Tim. When it's July in the United States, what season is it in Argentina? I, I was gonna say it's it's July, but uh, so it would it would have to be winter. Winter is a correct answer, Jeff. We're back to you. Here we go. Here's a four part sure. answer. <laughs> <laughs> American skiers should pack a passport if they plan to travel to which of these popular resort towns? Is it Ogden, Vail, or Banff? Uh, I believe that's Banff. Banff is in Canada. That is a correct answer. We are moving back to ten, um, over to Mike. Sorry, Mike. Worlds Without End is the title of a 2007 follow-up to what author's best-selling Pillars of the Earth? Oh, um, uh, Ken Follett. Ken Follett is a correct answer. All right. And Love after the, five minutes, we are Mike has seven points. Tim and Jeff are tied with four. You got time to get back in this for everybody. We're going back to Tim. Tim, what Will Ferrell movie features several actors who are credited as background sleestacks? S-L-E-E-S-T-A-K-S. Background sleestacks? Background sleestacks. Well, it would help if I know <laughs> what a sleestack is. Um, background sleestacks. Uh, the only thing that I could think of that has a whole bunch of, uh, cameos would be Anchorman. Unfortunately not. I want my dollar seven back from Redbox for renting this turd bucket. That's Land of the Lost. Oh, okay. All right, Jeff, we're over to you. On HBO's Entourage, movie star Vincent Chase stars in all but which of the following fictional movies? Aquaman... Valentino or Medellin? I'm just going to have to guess Aquaman because I have no idea. Unfortunately not. He was in James Cameron's Aquaman. Uh, the correct <laughs> answer would have been Valentino. Mike, we're over to you. Samuel Spade's jaw was long and bony is the first line of what famous detective novel? Um, <laughs> was that the Maltese Falcon? Maltese Falcon is a correct answer. Tim is shaking his head. All right, Tim, we're back over to you, sir. Sixth grader Harriet M. Welsh is the heroine of what classic children's novel? What's her name? Harriet M. Welsh. Harriet the Spy? The movie that I fell in love with Michelle Trachtenberg because we were the same age when we saw it. Harriet the Spy is a correct answer. 
Thank you for the clarification. Just making sure. We're technically still the same age now, but moving on. (laughs) All right, Jeff. In a pair of men's pants measuring 30 by 32, the 32 denotes a measurement of what? The length of the pant? Length of the leg. Uh, Length of the leg or the inseam is correct. Nicely done. Mike. In the courtroom expression pleading the fifth, the word fifth refers to what? Uh, fifth Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. That is a correct answer. We're back to Tim. I'm getting easy ones. <laughs> Sorry. Voiced by Johnny Depp, Rango is the title character in a 2011 animated movie. What type of desert creature is Rango? Oh, um, well, I know he's a lizard. If you're trying to be more specific, I think he's a chameleon. Come on, come on, come on, come on, chameleon. Good point. Good, yeah, good job, Tim. I can't even see the bourbon's kicking in already. We're moving right along. Jeff, over to you. Named after her father, what best-selling horror author was born with the unusual name of Howard Allen O'Brien? And I can repeat if you need it. I don't know that it would help. Uh, no, I, I have nothing. I Horror author? That's what we're looking for. Do you want the question yeah. again? Uh, we're going to go Lisa Allen. Uh, no, unfortunately, we're looking for Anne Rice. No. All right, Mike. In the fam- in the name of the famous 1980s British band, what word follows psychedelic? Uh, furs? The psychedelic furs is a correct <laughs> answer. Tim, we're back over to you. The iconic fail whale image sometimes appears during periods of high traffic on what social media platform? About the only one that I uh, participate in. I believe it's Twitter. Twitter is a correct answer. All right. Jeff, over to you. The concert films Delirious and Raw feature memorable stand-up comedy routines by who? Oh, uh... Uh, uh, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy no. is a correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> We're I always want to anyway. say Eddie Murray. So. <laughs> no, baseball he played baseball. Yeah, right. It's an Oriole. Yeah. Mike, yep. back to you. The first jigsaw puzzles were developed in the 18th century in England as a tool to teach what subject? Ooh. Um, I don't know. Geography? Geography is a correct answer. They used to cut the, the countries or the, the, uh, the yeah. countries out. That makes sense. Okay. Nicely and done. after 10 minutes, Mike is in the lead with 11. Tim is in second with seven. And Jeff bringing up the rear with six. And what a rear it is. We're moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> you okay, Mike? Here we go. Um, I believe we're back to Tim. Is that right? Sorry. Yes. In 2010, which of these countries erupting volcanoes shut down European air travel for nearly a week? Was it Iceland, Norway, or Finland? That was... I think it was Iceland. Iceland is a correct answer. Jeff, over to you. Including its main thoroughfare, what southern city has over 100 streets named Peachtree? Um, I'm... What... Uh, city or state? Looking for the city. Oh. Um, 
I'm going to go with Atlanta. Atlanta is a correct answer. Back over to Mike, and uh, you guys get to hear my singing voice here. Oh, God. In a popular 80s cartoon, what creatures often sing a catchy tune with the simple lyrics, la, 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 sing a happy song? Um, if it's what I'm thinking, I hope that wasn't your attempt to emulate the melody, but I believe it's the Smurfs. It is the Smurfs. I don't know the melody. I've never seen the show. <laughs> la, 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 la. Okay. See, I was, I was, that was pretty close. Give me credit. Uh, yeah. No, in the not at all. Not even close. All right. We're back over to Tim. Tim, in 2011, what Southeast Asian country elected its first ever female prime minister, Yingluck Shinawatra? And what was the year? Uh, 2011. Southeast Asian. I'm going to say Indonesia. Oh, close. Thailand. Thailand is what we're looking for. Back over to Jeff. Jeff, which of these actresses shares her name with a popular line of Pepperidge Farm cookies? Is it Heather Locklear, Abigail Breslin, or Alyssa Milano? Uh, That is Alyssa Milano. It is Alyssa Milano. We are moving on to Mike. You don't get to complain about hard questions anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, as of 2022, what is the earliest age at which a person in the U.S. can collect Social Security retirement benefits? Uh, I believe 62. 62 is a correct answer. Tim. Yeah. Which of these commonly used abbreviations is short for a French phrase? Is it RSVP? SOS or AWOL, A W O L? Well, it's not SOS, that's save our ship. And AWOL is absent without leave. That leaves RSVP, which you don't want to hear me pronounce. I kind of <laughs> do, but we're going to give you the points and move right along. Over to Jeff. Jeff, replacing <gasps> Angela Merkel in 2010, who topped Forbes' list of the world's 100 most powerful women? World's most powerful women in 2010. Oh man, um, I imagine there's always got to be the queen around there somewhere doing something. But in 2010, man, would it have been Clinton then? Two thousand and ten. What was happening in two thousand and ten? Um, this is just strategy. He talks it out for ten minutes so that Mike can't get more questions. <laughs> it, it's working out so well so far. Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess Clinton. I don't think that's right, but that's gonna be my best guess. Unfortunately, incorrect. Uh, you got to go a couple a couple of first ladies later. It was Michelle Obama. Oh, all right, Mike. I would that... guess the Icelandic volcano. That leaves so. this one to you. Nicole Richie's first child, Harlow, was reportedly named after what famous 1930s actress? Uh, Jean Harlow? Jean Harlow is correct. Okay. I was like, you gave me the last name. Would would a Jeopardy of rules applied? No. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Tim, we're back over to you. Which of these designer labels is best known for its trendy line of eyewear? Oliver Peoples, Breitling, or Harry Winston? For its trendy line of eyewear? Uh, let's say... Uh, let's go with the obvious. Uh, let's go with A, Peoples. 
Oliver Peoples is a correct answer. Jeff, over All to right, you. and at the halfway point, we have Mike at 14, Tim at 10, and Jeff at 8. It is still anybody's game. Plenty of time. Jeff, here we go. In 2012, what celebrity chef stepped forward to reveal that she had been living with type 2 diabetes for years? Oh, I believe it was Paula Dean. Paula Dean is a correct answer. Over to Mike. Originating in Turkey, sultanas are a, fav- a flavorful variety of what food? Ah, wow, I have no idea. Um, sultanas, never honestly heard of it. Uh, so what type of food? I will say, uh, gosh, I don't even have a very good guess. I'll just, I'll kind of pick from that general region of the world and say falafels. No idea. Uh, unfortunately not correct. They are a flavorful variety of raisin or grape. Ah. All right. We're back over to Tim. Tim, one of the most translated books in the world, Anne Frank's original diary was published in what language? Okay. So. She was. This whiskey's going quick, by the way. This beer is too. I'm going to go with um, toss the coin. Polish, uh, no Dutch. Actually, in Dutch. All right, Jeff, over to you. Visible even with the naked eye, which of these planets is usually the brightest in the evening sky? Mars, Saturn, or Venus? I want to say Venus is usually the brightest. Jeff, uh, I have good news. I'm your Venus. I am your fire. I am, in fact, your desire. That is a correct answer. No, not no. at all. Nope, not I, at all. No. I can't pull that off. No. I'll right. take the point. <laughs> Points to Jeff. Next goes to Mike. Mike, with one degree equaling one gram of sucrose, the BRICS scale can be used to measure what aspect of food? I mean, if it's sucrose related, I'm going to guess sweetness. Sweetness is a correct answer. Back over to Tim. Right up your wheelhouse here, Tim. Which of these heavy metal bands was named after the title of a Bob Dylan song? Judas Priest, Black Sabbath, or Slayer? I'm going to guess Black Sabbath. Unfortunately not. Judas Priest is what we're looking for. Jeff, I got one here for you. Perhaps because gin was invented by a physician in Holland, alcohol is sometimes referred to as what? Um, can you read that again? There's maybe <laughs> some clarification. Perhaps because, uh, because gin was invented by a physician in Holland, alcohol is sometimes referred to as what? We're looking for a nickname of alcohol. So a few of nickname, those. A nickname of alcohol. So not medicine, because that doesn't seem like a nickname. Um, medicinal. My, it is my sweet elixir. So. Uh. Wow, a nickname of alcohol. Um. I. Um. Wow. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The medicine. 
Medicine, unfortunately, is not correct. The answer we're looking for is Dutch courage. Dutch courage. The hell does that have to do? What? Sure. Amsterdam. Holland. (laughs) All right. We're back over to Mike. Mike, in 1839, what inventor first vulcanized rubber? Um, Spock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. I like that. Wasn't it Goodyear? Charles Goodyear is a correct answer. All right, we're back over to Tim. Tim, a Spanish-speaking person refers to what national holiday as Dia de Trabajo? Labor Day. Labor Day is correct. Jeff, over to you. In the comedy film Fever Pitch, Jimmy Fallon plays a crazed fan of what sports team? Uh, The Red Sox. Jeff's favorite baseball team. The Red Sox is correct. All right, and we're coming up on the 10-minute mark, so the score is Mike with 16, Tim and Jeff are at a tie with 11, with 10 minutes to go. Still anybody's game. We are moving on. Mike, in 1885, what popular soft drink was invented at Morrison's Old Corner Drug Store in Waco, Texas? In Texas, I'm going to guess Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper is a correct answer. Back over to Tim. Tim, the feel-good adjective Capra-esque is derived from the last name of a famous what? Read that one more time. The feel-good adjective Capra-esque, C-A-P-R-A-E-S-Q-U-E, is derived from the last name of a famous what? So that last name, what was their occupation? Painter. Unfortunately not, that'd be Frank Capra, the movie director. We are moving over to Jeff. Jeff, The Adventures of Trash Gordon is a favorite bedtime story of what Sesame Street character? I imagine that's the Grouch. I need his full name. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Your Jedi powers don't work on me, okay? Uh, what? Seriously? Grouch is not his name? No. No. That's his title. Yeah, he's got an actual name. You've got three Uh, kids, bro. Come on. Yeah, we do not uh, study the names and the etymology of... (laughs) Etymology. Not asking for the etymology. (laughs) I don't, uh, grouchy McGroucher face. (laughs) Unfortunately not correct. It's Oscar the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. All right, we're going (laughs) over to Mike. Mike, jokingly called Chicken Pizza by Visitors, Chichen Itza is a site of ancient Mayan ruins in what country? Um, Is that Peru? Uh, No, Chichen Itza is in Mexico. Mexico, okay. Tim. I know that, and I can't get Oscar. (laughs) (laughs) If Will Smith can get an Oscar, Jeff, you can get an Oscar, too, I promise. Moving right along. Yeah, that that joke fell flatter than uh, G.I. Jane 2. As its title hints, the 2012 movie Joyful Noise features what type of musical acts? And that is for Tim. Read that again. As its title suggests, the 2012 movie Joyful Noise features what type of musical acts? Joyful noise. Um, singing. I need you to be more specific. Acapella singing. 
Unfortunately not. We're looking for gospel singing or gospel choir singing. All right, Jeff, we're over to you. Drugs known as beta blockers are commonly prescribed for which of the following conditions? Is it GERD, hypertension, or prenatal diabetes? I believe you're going to go with hypertension. Hypertension is a correct answer. Over to Mike. Mike, within one either way, how many workers sit on a steel beam hundreds of feet in the air in the iconic 1932 photo launch atop a skyscraper? Oh, man, I know exactly which photo you're talking about, but I'm not sure exactly how many workers are there. Close your eyes. I know. I'm going to say five. Uh, More than that. It's 11, actually. 11 oh, was that many? Wow. Okay. Tim, over to you. An ocean-dwelling snail, the sea hare, is named for its tentacles that resemble two long what? Two long... The sea hare? That's the name of the creature, the sea hare. Spell hare. H-A-R-E. Okay, so two long rabbit ears. Ears is a correct answer, and if you haven't seen this creature, it's creepy. Just go look at it. (laughs) <laughs> All right, we are moving on to Jeff. Jeff, before starring in Scrubs, Sarah Chalk or Chalky, still don't know how to say her name, was dubbed the other Becky for her role in what TV show? Rumor has it she was uh, Becky with the good hair. Wow. Uh, I do not it's know chalk. or understand that reference. So I'm going to go with a big show. That was probably before Scrubs and go with Friends? No, Sarah Chalk was dubbed the other Becky on the TV show Roseanne. All right. And with the final five minutes to go, Jeff has, uh, Mike has 17. Tim and Jeff are tied with 12. Five minutes to go. Here we go. We are back over to Mike. Mike, according to a famous Yves Saint Laurent quote, fashions fade, but what is eternal? Oh, gosh. Um, Fashions fade, but beauty is eternal? Unfortunately not. Style. Style is eternal. Ah. Though looking at your t-shirt, we understand why you got that wrong. Looking at, (laughs) yeah. We are moving right along. Tim, a cow catcher is a metal grill that is commonly found on the front of what type of transportation? Uh, Train. A train is a correct answer. Jeff, what poultry peddling fast food chain is famously always closed on Sundays? Uh, that is Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is correct. Mike, which of these breeds of dogs takes its name from a region in Germany where it was originally bred? The Schnauzer, the Wee Mariner, or the Dachshund? And I may be pronouncing those wrong. Ooh, um, those are all German sounding. Um, let's see if I can change my luck here a little bit. Um, I'm going to say the Weimaraner. Weimaraner is a correct answer. And I told you I was pronouncing that name wrong. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Tim, back over to you. The iconic picture of Bruce Springsteen's butt that appears on his Born in the USA album was taken by whom? Um... Oh, who's that famous photographer that I can never remember the name of? It's definitely that one. Is it? 
I have no idea. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. Uh, pass. It's Annie Leibowitz. That's who I was trying to think of, too. All right. Jeff, we're over to you. I'm going to mess this up. What animated character flexes his muscles in the 1960 cartoon Muscles Schmuscles? There's really not an easy way to say that without doing the whole bit. Yep. Well, it's lost on me. Uh, 1960s? Uh, the cartoon was from 1960. Of course you'd ask for one more time. What animated character flexes his muscles, M-U-S-K-E-L-S, in the 1960 cartoon Muscles Schmuscles? Oh, man. Uh... Uh, I've got no idea. The only flexing thing I could go back to is Johnny Bravo. So, uh, uh, oh, wait, Johnny Bravo. Spell it for me one more time. (laughs) M-U-S-K-E-L-S. Is it Skeletor? It's not Skeletor. That's the 80s. Okay. Popeye? Well, that's my guess. Jeff didn't eat his spinach. Popeye the Sailor Man is the correct answer. We're going over to Mike. Mike, honored by the Kennedy Center in 2003, Itzhak Perlman is a world-renowned player of what musical instrument? Oh, it's a stringed instrument. I always get this messed up. Is it? it, I think it's the violin. The violin is a correct answer. You don't always get that messed up. We're going over to Tim. Tim, a cast member of the AMC series Hell on Wheels, rapper and actor Lonnie Lynn Jr. is better known by what stage name? The only particular rapper that I can think of that acts is Common. Common is a correct answer. Nicely done. Okay. Well done. Tim. Jeff, we're over to you. In what U.S. national park do backpackers brave the challenging rim-to-rim hike? What national park? That's what we're looking for. The national park which backpackers brave the challenging rim-to-rim hike. Uh, I don't even know. Um, rim-to-rim sounds like it's probably a mountain range, but I don't know a specific park in a mountain range that would do it um there's not an appalachian state park is there that doesn't make sense that's a whole range um i have no idea um i go yellowstone this on a podcast today (laughs) i'll see i should listen to podcasts (laughs) (laughs) what's your answer jeff I'm going Yellowstone. Jeff, you're building up, up, up. You got to build down, down, down. It's the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Mike, we're over to you. Chiefly used in the UK, the term serviette refers to what everyday household item? And I can spell that if you want. No, um, I know what you're talking about. I've seen the word. I'm trying to think of what it is. Is it just a tray? Uh, no, it's a napkin. Serviette oh. is a napkin. Oh, okay. All right, and that brings our main round to a close after the 30 minutes. Mike is in the lead with 19, Tim has 14, and Jeff has 13. Seems right, honestly. (laughs) It's literally anybody's (laughs) game. So I told you earlier that we're going to go into the final round, and I'll explain how this works. This is when I get to do that. 
So the final round is going to be three questions. The contestants are going to get each category, and they're going to lock in wagers up to the combined amount of points they have now on those three questions, on those three categories. Then they're going to get the questions. This is the only time in the game that if they get the question wrong, they're going to lose points. Gulp. Panelists, I will remind you, you can wager up to, only up to, the amount of points you currently have. Do you need those scores again? Nope. nope. I'm good. All right. I'll give you a minute or two to lock in your wagers as I go grab another drink. Your categories are going to be sports, television, and what's in your wallet. Lock in those wagers. Let me know when you're done. Uh, Chris, 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 Chris. I, I, I literally said like six words. I know. Three of those words were categories I do not feel confident in. Uh, while Chris is going to get his beverage, I should mention that I did pop up another one. This is just a, it's a simple blue moon moon haze. It's a hazy, juicy pale ale. Pretty much a 180 from what I was drinking before, but I just, I was trying to grab it between questions. So I just reached <laughs> into my fridge and grabbed the first thing that I could find, but it is refreshing. And now I will go to thinking about my wager because I have no clue how I'm going to wager on this one. I'll, I'll let you yeah, guys yeah. think about it. All right. Wagers. I'm locked in. Tim is locked in with his wagers. We'll let Jeff and Mike lock in as I uncork another bottle. My old elk I thought was going to last me the whole night. It did not. This is as close to my favorite whiskey as you're going to get. Um, everyone can get this. It's phenomenal. This is Maker's Mark 46, but it's their cask mm. strength edition. It's straight from the cask. It's strong, but it's delicious. I'll pour myself a little bit here. Still in my dollar fifty south of the border. Rocks glass. <laughs> I will brag no, about Chris, that till the day I die. <laughs> Chris, I knew you were having whiskey. And when you said you went as far away from Florida, I thought you were going to join me on the scotch train. Uh, no, although I, I actually only have that only bottle of scotch I have right now is that Lafrague. I had a You're bottle. You're still of, working on that Lafrague? It's smoky, It's been like eight dude. years. It's, it's been five, but it's a smoky scotch. Right. I, li- I, per- smoky I like scotch. my I like my McKellen. Like McKellen 15 is my favorite scotch. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm also locked in yeah. as we continue to talk about scotch. I'm sorry. I left that out, but I am locked in. As All well. right. Everyone's got their wagers locked in. The way this is going to work is we're going to go question by question. So we're going to get the question, allow you guys to think about your answers, lock in when you're ready. The third person that has not locked in, talk out your logic. There's not a chance of anyone stealing your logic. I doubt anyone wants to steal your logic. So go ahead and just uh, talk it out. Question number one. Your category is in sports. Using current division alignments, which division in the NFL has won more Super Bowls than any other with 13 wins? I love being on this side of the microphone. It makes me feel smart. You said 13? 13 is the number that I have. I can lock in. Mike has locked in. I think I'm all, Yeah, I'm locked in. Jeff is locked in. Tim, talk it out. Okay, so the obvious answer, it would be the, I mean, the AFC East has the history with the Patriots. Uh, the NFC East would have the Cowboys 
not a whole lot else there. Uh, the AFC North only has the Steelers. The NFC North only has... Uh, yeah, you don't really have anything except the Packers there. Uh, the and AFC South. Who's in the AFC South? Uh, Colts, Texans. No. Uh, the A- NFC South. I don't even know if I could name the teams in the NFC South. Is there is an NFC South? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's where the Buccaneers, the Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, the Falcons and the Panthers. It can't be them. There's not enough there. Uh, the AFC West would have the Chargers, would have the, the Raiders. So it's really going to come down to either the AFC East. I don't think it would be the NFC East or the NFC West, which is the... So you have the Niners, who else is there? The Seahawks, the Cardinals, and who's the fourth team that I'm missing? Niners, Seahawks, Cardinals, and the Rams. And it's how many? 13? 13. I am going to say the AFC East. Tim is locked in with the AFC East, and how many points did you wager? I put four on it. All right. Mike, we're going over to you. Well, I know that the... I don't think these wins were voided when they changed their name twice over the last three years. I know Washington (laughs) has three. I know the Giants have three, two over the Patriots, one over the Bills. I'm pretty sure that Cowboys have five or six, and I know the Eagles have one. At, at the Giants might have four. I figured maybe there was one more in there. I didn't think the AFC East, which is the other division I thought of, quite had enough. So I locked in with the NFC East. All right. And Mike, what was your wager? I wagered three on that one. Jeff, over to you. Yeah, I kind of had the same logic as Mike, except I tried to game theory it, considering he was the quickest to lock in. Felt he was probably a little comfortable with this division. Um, so while <laughs> I had initially kind of gone the same way as Tim. No fair. Um but uh, I didn't think they I didn't think they had the numbers up there, so I also went with the NFC East. So I have got it as Dallas with five, Philly with one, the Giants with four, the Washington yeah. Football Team. What's your name now? The Commanders. The Commanders. Yeah. Flip a coin. Yeah, but somebody's. Uh, hopefully, okay. there's soon to be less Dan- Daniel Snyder's. Uh, that is a correct answer. Yes. The NFC East. What was Jeff's wager? I went six on that. Ooh. And Tim, yeah, I don't give even us think I reached update. you yet. <laughs> All right. All Your right. Next... So after the first one, it's Mike with 22, Jeff with 19, and Tim with 10. Your next category is in television. Here's your question. What television sketch originally debuted on the Dana Carvey show in 1996 before moving to SNL? The skit, the sorry, the sketch followed the adventures of Ace and Gary, who were voiced by Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. I can lock in. <sighs> Steve 
Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell? I'm locking in, too. All right, Tim, talk it out. Can you read that one more time? What television sketch originally debuted on the Dana Carvey show in 1996 before moving to SNL? The sketch followed the adventures of Ace and Gary, who were voiced by Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell. I honestly have no idea on this one. Uh, I didn't really know that either of their careers went back that far uh, in 96. Uh, So I'm just going to have to pass for four points. All right. Tim has choked himself out four points less. Jeff, what did you say? Chris. Yeah, seriously, dude. <laughs> Not a good time for that. No, it uh, wasn't. <laughs> so I am uh I'm pretty sure I, I actually had a different thought at first, but I'm pretty sure this is the ambiguously gay duo. And Jeff, what was your wager? I only put three on that. Alright, and Mike, what did you say and what was your wager? The ambiguously gay duo. They are taking on evil, come what may. Yes, the ambiguously gay duo. And your wager. I wagered four on that one. I'm going to be transparent here. I have no idea what I said, but there was no intent behind it. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> no, just, it's all good. I'm man. just a couple of glasses in. I have no idea what I said, but the ambiguously gay duo is a correct answer. Tim, what is our final? What is our our uh, totals before we go into the final question? Oof. Uh, Mike has a lead of 26 over Jeff's 22, and I am faltering here at the end with six. Well... Your final category is what's in your wallet. Here we go. Put the following credit card companies in order from lowest to highest based on the first number on each of their credit cards. I will give them to you alphabetically. American Express, Discover, MasterCard, and Visa. So the credit card companies. Got it. Uh, Give me those ones again. American Express, Visa, MasterCard, and Discover. And Discover? Yes. Okay. I didn't give you Diners Club. You should be happy. It's true. I'm really not happy. But... No, I'm really not either. Then I've done my job. Woohoo! I'm going to go ahead and lock in because <laughs> I don't want to talk this one out. Tim, yeah. lock in, take a drink. Using that same logic, I'm also going to lock in. <laughs> Mike, talk I... it out. I literally have nothing to talk out because I have no clue. I own I only own a credit card from one of these, uh, and it's not a super low or super high number. It's right in the middle. So I'm putting it in the middle, and I'm kind of just deciding exactly how I want to arrange the others. Um, I think I'm just going to arrange them. Yeah, that, that sounds fine. I don't really have a leg to stand on here. Uh, I'm just going to say in the order that I remember kind of being aware of them, uh, so I'm going to say MasterCard, Visa, American Express, and Discover. MasterCard, Visa, Amex, and Discover for Mike. Jeff, what did you say? I went Amex, MasterCard, Visa, Discover. Amex, MasterCard, Visa, Discover, and Tim. I went MasterCard, Visa, Discover, Amex. All right. Mike, what was your wager? I wagered two. Jeff? 
three. And Tim? Uh, I went five. Unfortunately, nobody's getting the points. Uh. American Express starts with a three. Visa starts with a four. MasterCard with a five. Discover with a six. Jeff, you had it so close, you flipped Visa and MasterCard. I literally switched that last second. Oh, man. And you would have won if you'd gotten it, too. No. Oh, man. <laughs> After the brutal barrage of questions that you had during the hot seat round. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> man. Well, Tim, what are our final Ooh. scores? All right. So in third place with one, you have me. <laughs> in uh, second place with 19, a respectable showing from Jeff. And our winner for the evening with 24 points, we, it is Mike. The one that got all the easy questions in the hot seat round. Mike, not all, but a lot. Uh, you, no, you got you got some tough ones. That you, I got but you some got tough them. ones, but I got a lot of easy ones. Yeah. Oh, Mike, that's a hell that of a showing good. by you. Congratulations, my friend, on the win. Hell uh, of a showing by everybody, guys. Great game. Great game. It's a great game. Uh, if you enjoyed what we're doing here, you can find us every week. We have a new episode coming out. But for the Pub Trivia Experience podcast, I have been Chris. I've been Tim. I've been Jeff. And I've been Mike. Stay tuned for Triviality. It's going to be a hell of a show. We'll see you on our feed, I guess. Bye, everybody. Enjoy the summit.